You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer for Windy City Gridiron. I'm joined by the boss man over at that website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, another win on the road. This is good. I don't care if it was ugly. I'm feeling pretty good today. How about yourself? I mean, they were an underdog. I don't think, you know, most national pundits had them losing. Most of our guys had them losing. So uh, it's a win. I mean, it's a uh, it's a nice win against a team that was playing pretty good football. Yeah, they lost uh, on Monday night, but, you know, their offense was clicking and the Bears defense came in and uh, they put a whipping on that, uh, that, 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 that average Raider team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I actually did put a bet in on them. I, I took them at, at five and a half. And then before the game, I was looking at the money line, you know, to, to bet the Bears to win straight up. And I just, I didn't pull the trigger. I should have, obviously. Um, but I did have a good feeling about the game. I thought they're going to keep it yeah. close. Um, I felt that way going into the game. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, they, they look like a team that was ready to take on a, a, a team like the Raiders and, you know, heat up a guy like Carr. And, you know, keeping them to nine points is, is pretty impressive. But, I had a, a story I wanted to start with, and then we're going to get into a little bit of news, and then we'll launch into the normal categories. But I, I got a text message during the game from a friend and said, hey, come over. It was a you know, few, few blocks away. There's this like Bears club kind of thing where a bunch of Bears fans get together. This guy's oh, okay. garage, he's got TVs, he's got crazy amount of, of you know, flair on the wall and all this kind of stuff the guy's birthday like it's just a huge party like hey you gotta stop by you gotta stop by at this this place and so i did and against some of my you know best uh you know thoughts on this thing because i'm i'm generally a guy that likes to watch a, a, a bears game by myself yeah because same. i can't be trusted to, to of what i'm going to say <laughs> or throw you know i'm not as much of a thrower anymore but you know i, I would get upset you know if they, they don't do well and i, I kind of i'll talk to myself sometimes you know like you know mutter under my breath of, of what's happening and so i thought well you know sure i'll go over, I'll, I'll go over at halftime watch the second half if if they're up and they're playing well so i ended up going over there and um it was basically like a college uh tailgate party oh, for nice you know, your age perfectly. And I is not my thing. Right. And so (laughs) what I'm, I thought I'd be watching the game with people that wanted to watch the game. There was a lot of other stuff going on, but not a lot of watching the game. And so that was kind of tough, but I watched the second half, you know, people were having conversations with me as I was watching the second half, but I wanted to ask you like, what is your preferred way to watch a game do you like to go to a bar do you like to be around fans or do you like to just kind of be by yourself in front of the tube you know it's funny you asked me this week because you know like me i'm always a home alone guy that's just always how i've always been but it was actually last week for the lions game my father-in-law was in town so my father-in-law my, my brother-in-law sister-in-law our house was packed wall-to-wall people there was like a party on downstairs and me and my father-in-law were upstairs in the loft 
watching the game. We couldn't hear anything, so I mean, I didn't know what was what was being said by by Gus Johnson is the way he always gets all fired up. So yeah, so I mean, it, we were just kind of watching the game, doing our thing. But I mean, it was cool to watch it with him. But normally, like I said, I just uh, sit alone wherever I'm at and just kind of focus on the game. I'll, I'll I'll do some tweeting during the game if I have to write something like a, a bad injury. I'll write something really quick during the game. But for me, quiet. Leave me alone. I want to scream and yell when I want to scream and yell and just yeah, have fun with it. One of the guys asked me, he said, well, do you feel like since you're a writer that you feel like you have to like not drink and watch the game and take notes? And I was like, well, I don't really like to drink during the game. I like <laughs> to watch it so that I can understand what's happening. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, wow, you don't drink during the game? Like, I don't understand. Like, why would you watch <laughs> football if you're not drinking? And it's like, I mean, I like to have a drink and I like to watch football games. I don't necessarily like to do them together. Does but... he know you host Bears over beers? Well, I don't. He did not. Okay. But uh, okay. yeah, I, I still think that that was a. Uh, um, you know, to me, that the two don't necessarily go together. I understand yeah. people that want to do that, but I, I'm really into it. I want to see what's going on, and I don't necessarily want to forget stuff because I was yeah. busy going, you know, grabbing another drink or whatever. But the one piece of news that we I think we need to just talk about is just a few minutes before we started this. Um, it was announced that John Gruden, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, will be stepping down. There was some controversial emails that were leaked from 10 years ago when he was announcing games uh, with Mike Tirico. Uh, Tirico and Dungy sort of addressed this a little bit from their perspective last night on the Sunday night game. If you guys were watching the Sunday night game, they kind of came out in defense of Gruden, you know, and said this is not the kind of this is not the guy that we know. And it sounds like there might be more emails are doing you know saying similar things and so he has chosen to step down so obviously a little bit of a distraction for the raiders going forward i don't think you could claim that they were that distracted going into that game because it didn't seem like it was a giant deal at the time but uh interesting things you know i mean it's 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 2021 you know there's there's repercussions for your actions and you know i don't necessarily have a an issue with any of that but a um, little bit of a surprise, and John Gruden yeah. is a guy that's been around the league for a long time, and and has been a real fixture in either our TV sets or as a as a head coach in this league for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Like I said, I, I was telling you before the show, I was, my whole day was just I was pretty busy, so I'm catching up on a lot of the news late. But I did see some of the stuff that happened uh, earlier today, and I mean, it's you know, like you said, it's, it's this this day and age, it's just like you know, there are certain things that just are no longer accepted, and. And and what what he said and, and and what he wrote and yes it was ten years ago but still, you know th those things just you know there's really no place for that in in society so uh, it's probably the best move for him to step down like I said the it would be a big distraction going forward how much did that affect the team on Sunday maybe a little I mean it was addressed on, on the broadcast by the, the announcers uh, John Gruden had had to address it the Raiders put out a statement so you know it was there I'm sure they didn't know to the extent that it was going to get this bad but. You know, this is what happens, and you know when you when you do things you're not supposed to do, and you know these are things that yeah, it was. The argument is it was a private conversation. Well, you know, it isn't anymore. You know, so <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it now. It's, you know, it's out there, and you know, you said it, you did it. This is what you did at the time, and whether you meant it or not, there are repercussions for your actions. So, yeah, absolutely. Say, Levy.
Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because if this would have happened a week ago, you yeah. know, that would have probably dominated the the storylines. That's all yep. we would have heard about. We heard about it a little bit during the game, but you know, really, it was about football and and, and this big win for the Bears on the road. And just you know, it's nice to see Justin Fields go on the road and, and get this win. So let's get into it because I want to I want to talk about some things. So every every show we start off with our trench tribute, and so I'll go first this week with my answer. So last week you went first, um, and so. I got a feeling we're going to have some crossover on some of these categories. We, you know, we generally it's do, possible. but that's it's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna shout out the guards. Uh, I want to shout out Cody Whitehair and James Daniels this week. It looked like they're really starting to settle in. I thought they brought some attitude to the running game. Cody Whitehair is looking pretty good in pass protection as well, in my opinion. Um, they allowed the backup running backs because David Montgomery is is hurt right now. He's on IR for a few weeks. They allowed the backup running backs uh, to to really run quite well. Uh, the the overall stats yards per carry came down towards the end because they're trying to run out the clock. But fourteen of of their carries gained at least six yards uh, from Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. Little hat tip to Matt Bowen for that number that he pulled and threw out on Twitter today. And so, I to me, the guards really set the tone in the running game yesterday. And so I wanted to call out both of those guys because I think they had good games and I think they're coming around and they're starting to settle down that offensive line a little bit. You know, I, I did go back and watch the game and I was focusing on one of the guards who might transcribe for this week. I'll get to that in a moment, a moment. But but I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying that the, the interior of the Bears line, including Sam Mustford, did pretty good. So at some point I'm going to go back and watch Mustford. I might try and grade him if I have time. Uh, but for me, my trench tribute this week is going to be James Daniels, um, partly because of that fantastic uh, slam that he had that I'm sure yeah. everyone saw by now. Um, you know, he had a uh, he, he moved up to the second level. For some reason, some guy from the Raiders decided, <laughs> let's jump. And James Daniels did what every lineman is supposed to do when a guy jumps in front of you, put him down on their ass as hard as possible. So that's what James Daniels did. So so I actually went out and graded him since I was in a Washington okay. game. I wanted I went grade him. And I six, I had him down for 62 plays. Officially, there are only 60, but, you know, with penalties, if it plays there, I'm going to grade it. Um, I had him with a, a plus 52, negative six for uh, – that's a 90.3%. So that was a pretty good game from James Daniels. Again, some of these pluses, they're nothing special. It's just getting in the way of a guy. Uh, one of his negatives, I remember he tripped, but, you know, he didn't do his job, so I, I had to get right. him the ding there with the negative. So, again, nothing special, nothing fancy. It's just doing your job. Uh, there were a few nice plays. You're like, oh, wow, that's nice to see from the kid. You know, he just, you know, moving the pile. It was nice to see. So, Trent's tribute this week, your guy, James Daniels. My guy. Yeah, guy. I, I, I had a coach that said if a, if a defensive lineman leaves his feet, he better wind up on his back. Yeah, uh, every you know, time. You, you see that, you go after it. There, there should be no hesitation. So, that was a really – interesting choice by that guy because what was he gonna do jump over james daniels like i didn't it was a weird place to do it too like was it the middle, middle of, the of the field, field? like yeah. what are you doing I don't know. Right. So that was bizarre all right let's get into the twitter uh i am highlighting one of our friends jacob infante this week so he is at jacob infante 24 he is our colleague at windy city gridiron he does a lot of draft work he's great you're probably following him if you follow either of us if you're not Make sure that you're doing that. Definitely. So he had a tweet that said, at what point do we start talking about Khalil Matt as a le- Mack as a legit defensive player of the year candidate? He has five sacks to start off the year and has been a consistent force for the Bears off the edge. He's back to his all-pro self. He- we'll start talking about him as a legit defensive player of the year candidate when he starts getting turnovers. 
that I mean, that's an honest answer. Yeah. Um, he is playing incredibly well against the run. He's active. He's influencing a ton of plays. He has five sacks through five games, unless they credit him with another half or something like that, you know, in post here. Um, but he at least has five solid sacks through five games. He's been close to some others. He should have got one on that two point conversion, but they don't award sacks on two point conversions. Yeah. Weird rule. You know, there, there should, there are other ones on the field. Um, the sack numbers are nice. If the sack number, if he has a signature game, particularly a signature game in prime time, then you start to talk about maybe he's in that conversation. But Jacob's right in that he is in the conversation for being a first team all pro. And that is what you want. The defensive player of the year stuff is is uh, narrative based a lot of times. I mean, right now, if the season ended, defensive player of the year would go to Trayvon Diggs in Dallas, right? Like, I mean, he's got six picks. Yeah. Everybody's talking about him. He would get it right. Maybe Miles Garrett because he had the huge signature game against the Bears, right? Like I mean, that but that's what it takes. I mean, if you want to talk seriously about how you win these awards, you have to have signature games. I'll be on a really good defense, you know, be the leader of that defense, what have you. Mac doesn't have any of those yet. He doesn't have any forced fumbles. He doesn't have any, uh, you know, uh, he has that fumble recovery that he pitched, you know, illegally forward. You know, that would have been a cool play had it all worked out. But you know, he doesn't have some of those. Uh, other counting stats yet those turnover stats so um to answer jacob's question seriously Winnie has a couple of those signature games but i do want to point out that i do think he's back on that first team all pro um status because he's he's racking up the sacks and that is excellent because that's excellent for the bears and it's great for him in his hall of fame case because i believe that he is still on a hall of fame trajectory yeah. and i'd like to see that happen I mean, he's always been this guy just that, yeah. you know, now this year the sacks are there, you know, the pressures have always been there, but you know, it's a weird thing where, you know, just, it's, it's a fraction of an inch sometimes between a sack and the pressure. So he's getting home now, you know, this, what they're doing in the back with Sean Desai, they're doing some really interesting stuff as far as coveraging coverages. So, you know, the whole defense is playing good as a unit. And like you said, if they continue this, you know, as one of the best units in the league, that's also, you start looking, okay, well, this is the best unit in the league. Who's their best guy? It's Mac. Okay, he's in. The, he's going to be in that conversation. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 coming. Like I said, a few more really flashy plays, a big a big moment in a primetime game, and you know he'll be back in the in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? So for me, my my, my tweet of the week this week is uh, I actually after the game I went back and counted all the eligible Alex Bars plays because he was in there a lot as a six lineman, and and I actually did the the math and it he was in there for uh, thirteen times according to the official stat sheet. Um, 15 yards and a touchdown on the running plays, which was nine of them. And on the pass plays when he was in there, it was uh, three for four for 31 yards. So Carlos Garcia at CG underscore fly the W, I'm guessing he's a Cubs fan. He, he put in all caps with a shout emoji, pass out of heavy packages, which is <laughs> definitely what you got to do because when the defense knows you're in there with everything's packed in, they're packed in, perfect time to throw. And like like we show, like showed here with it, Fields three for four, 31 yards. That's the time you do it. That's the time you catch the defense off guard. You want to you want to do something that's not expected? Play action. Do a pass there. It's kind of goes back to the those third and one calls. I wasn't really happy with them. Why are you running up the middle? As much as I like James Daniels, Quiddy White here, they are not Quentin Nelson. They're not a guy you say, hey, this guy will get us the yard no matter what. You don't have that kind of back, you don't have that kind of a line. So you can't always just, you know, plug it up the middle and hope to get the yards. You got to do something a little creative and, and play action pass out of those heavy packages. That's what to do sometimes. Yeah, because a lot of times when you bring in an extra lineman like that, the defense is going to counter by bringing in another bigger guy because they're assuming that you're 
probably going to run the ball. Yeah. And so if you're able to pass out of that, you know, obviously you're not probably going to send Alex bars out into a pattern like that. Okay. Maybe yeah. you're going to leak him out for, you know, something like in, in the red zone or something yeah. like that. But for the most part, you're doing that because you want the extra blocker and you probably want the extra blocker in the run game. So you do that, you get the extra protection. Bars is probably going to be a better blocker than say, oh, I don't know, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And so like that, that's why you do something like that. And absolutely, you should be doing something like that that's creative. And so um, that's a good tweet. Excellent. I'm glad you brought that up because I did notice he had quite the presence in this game. Yeah, so that was, was clearly something they wanted to emphasize during this. Well, this it, helped, it helped. They're missing uh, JP Holtz. They're missing Jesse James. So, you know, I, I was wondering what they were going to do. I thought maybe it would be more Jesper Horstead, you know, but he is more a classic uh, U tight end. He's more the move guy, the joker. He's not really going to try and block for you. So it was smart. You know, nice game plan this week. Uh, they found something they liked with the with the real a bunch of running last week against the Lions. They want to keep it going, so hey, let's have Alex Bars be the uh, eligible man, you know, for as many plays as they did. Would have been a heck of a Bradley Soul game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get up into the statistics stuff. So here's my stat of the week, and that is the number thirty-four. Hell no, you did not do thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. No, that's good. We're on the same wavelength. I I mean. Uh, so Cairo Santos there has made 34 straight field goals for this team. I went back and, and counted them up. He started off with his second stint with the Bears. This is the second time he's been around the, uh, the Bears. He started off three for five last year, and then he hit, so he hit the second attempt in the Atlanta game. And then since that game last year, he's hit every kick. So 34 his last, straight kicks. His last miss was September 27th of 2020. It's in my notes because that's my exact same number this week as 34. Well, I'm glad it wasn't 35 and you didn't one-up me again. <laughs> I was thinking of a way to get you. <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking, how do I do this? Yeah. Yeah. So so he's been great. And I think that, you know, we have quickly gone from freaking out about kicker every single time they trot onto the field to being like, yeah, Santos is going to make this. Yeah. And those two kicks yesterday were big. The You yeah. know, the two kicks at the end were big. Like that was to take it to an eight-point game, which is huge. He missed that kick. And you know you're you're only up five, and and they've got the ball in good field position. He nailed it right in the middle, and then at the end it put the game away. It iced it, and so those were big kicks, both of them. And he he has done that consistently. Obviously, every kick he's made, but he's been able to just be an incredibly consistent presence, and no one's really talking about him. And and I that's good to some extent because you don't want to talk about the kicker because normally that's bad thing when you're talking about the kicker, but he needs to be starting to have conversations about how good he's been. And that's something I think is interesting because when's the last time the bears had a pro bowl kicker, right? It's Robbie gold. Robbie gold. Yeah. So it's time for time for the bears to, to have another uh, strength at kicker. And that that's what Santos has been able to bring. Yeah. Like, like I said, that's my number as well. 34 this week. And, you know, he actually has the longest current streak in the NFL as well. I think there was a couple of misses, you know, Sunday, there were a lot of missed field goals, a lot of missed extra points, you know, and it, it's funny, you don't you don't think about the kickers much until they're missing. And right. then, like you said, Cairo Santos hasn't missed in over a year. So as Bears fans, that's cool, especially with the circus that we dealt with after the double doink. And then the next offseason, the way that they brought in, you know, 10 guys, you know, something like that. And they, they had a, a big competition and it was the, the Augusta silence at training camp. And it was just a – I mean – I understood why they did it. It made sense. They have to find their guy. You know, was it extreme? Yeah. But, you know, they went from having, 
I mean, the the double doink was the talk of the NFL world the entire offseason. I mean, it's still a joke. I mean, it's still something that's talked about all the time. Whenever the doink happens, like my mind goes to, immediately to mother F Cody Parkey. As soon as a <laughs> doink happens, no matter what happens, it is what it is. So, you yeah. know, the, the Bears have their guy now, and it's uh, – it's it's nice because, like I said, the last time they had a guy that really was consistent and you counted on was Robbie Gold uh, the year before they let him go. Yeah, and they locked Santos up. They, I mean, he's got a deal, so he's going to be here for a while. A decent deal, too. He's, he's right. paid. I, I checked the numbers before, and it was like he's not getting paid like a crazy amount. He's he's about the middle of the pack for as far as kickers go. And right. if he keeps up this pace you know, in a couple of years, they'll be thinking that's a, that's a really undervalued contract for him. Yeah, and to your point, I watched the Packers and the the, the Bengals game, and the Packers kicker misses. missed three kicks, yeah. and the Bengals kicker missed a couple, and this is like no one wanted to win that game. That was really frustrating too, because the the Bengals just needed to be a little bit more aggressive. They were playing for the long field goal, such a dumb thing. Yeah. You know, Bengals are going to bangle, I guess, but a rookie just, kicker too. Yeah, I I don't know why you're putting your rookie kicker in that in that position, and and. You know, it just it kills me because it could have dealt the Packers a loss. And yeah. any Packers loss is is almost as good as a Bears win to me. So I'm frustrated. I was really frustrated. I wanted that, like, you know, that yeah. shot we of Shadenfruit, you know, before I <laughs> w- went into the afternoon game. But, yeah. you know, what, what are you going to do? So, all right, well, we'll take a quick break. And on the other side of this, we're going to get into everybody's favorite segment, the three Bears. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's get into the three bears. So again, hot, cold, just right. We will start start off with the... Bear with the hot bowl of porridge. And for me this week, should come as no surprise if you have followed my Twitter activity at all, but I am going to highlight one Mr. Khalil Herbert. He had 18 carries for 75 yards. Those numbers don't jump off the page. A lot of those carries at the end of the game were running into heavy fronts, and they kind of brought down his yards per carry. They were much better before the last couple of drives. But I thought he looked really good. This is a third string running back. He's a rookie running back. Um, I thought he ran really well. I liked him when we saw him at camp. You know, I think we I talked about it. And again, I'm going to bring up your buddy, your oh, coaching man. buddy. You know, he didn't, you know, he wasn't a fan of Herbert. He was like, oh, I'm going to, I would move into a slot receiver and all, you know, no, 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 no. I don't know what you're talking about, Papa uh, Scarves, but here's. He's a big Damian Williams guy. I'm sure he, he does like Damian Williams. So Williams yeah. got his run. Yeah. Williams looked good as well. Uh, but I wanted to highlight Herbert because I, I like, you know, you just, you could just tell sometimes in camp where you're like, okay, yeah, this guy belongs. And you never know with a six round rookie, but he did look like he was going to be a part of the team's plans. They wanted to make sure they got him involved. He was going to make the active roster. None of that surprised me when that happened. And now when he's been in the game, he looks fun. He, he He's 
looks like he can play in this league, and I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do over the next few weeks as Montgomery heals up that knee. Yeah, he's a little different style of our tailback. He's more of the of, a, of an outside zone guy, where as far as Montgomery and, and even Williams is more inside guy. So, you know, he, he, we haven't seen him yet break break a real big run, but he has that kind of speed. He has legit four four speed. So he's a guy that has the has the speed. He has good power. I mean, you saw there was a few runs where he just kept his legs turning and he was just moving the pile. So I'm excited with the Bears' running game if they stick with this formula. I mean, it's it's yeah, it seems like it's an old school way to win games, but. While well, you have a rookie quarterback right now, it's a perfect way to do it because you're bringing him along slowly. You're letting the game kind of come to him. You're not expecting him to be the man right now. And I think at some point Justin Fields will be the man. But lean on the run game for, for a few weeks until he gets real comfortable in there. And then let's let Justin Fields, you know, have his 30 attempts and, and, and go crazy with pass once in a while. Yeah, I didn't mind this game plan. Honestly, yeah. it, it seemed like a pretty good one to yeah. – to, to sort of protect him a little bit. But what, what about you? Who did you have for this category? We talked about it earlier. I'm going Khalil Mack. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like every week we talk about how good he is as as just a an all-around football player who's great against a run. But this week, you know, for whatever reason, like I said, it's just a game of inches. But he has some extra stuff here. Eight tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. He had the, the big sack that wasn't a sack on the two-point conversion. He had another one where he actually took down Carr. It was credited to Tayshawn Gibson. You know, Bears Twitter really thought that should be Max Sack. And at some point they may change it. I'm not sure if that'll happen. But but he just was all over the field. He made an impact from, from, from the start. And, and he was playing at that, you know, all-pro level. You know, this was a pretty big game for the Bears and for the Raiders. So, Maybe this is one of those signature moments, signature games that kind of gets the, the narrative started for him being that that all pro guy. Yeah, certainly he wants to show out, you know, in the, the team yeah. that traded him, you know, to show the coach that did that. That you know, he had a rough game. Mistake. He had a rough game two years ago. You think he only had like four tackles, no sacks. And yeah, they were able so, to scheme him out. Yeah, he, he couldn't scheme out the heel. There was no stopping him this week. Plus, you know, he, he he moves up and down that line again, which is something that we didn't see with Chuck Pagano much. And Again, that's, that goes back to Sean Desai being smart how to use his players. So he was actually helping some other guys get pressure like he does every week. So Khalil Mack, this week, uh, he's a hot bowl of porridge for me. All right, awesome. Let's flip it around. And it's tough when you have a road win and, you know, you, you feels a little nitpicky, right? Like, well, this guy, right? And, you know, we've we talked about some people before. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this with the – caveat that i'm excited about this guy but jakeem grant um i'm happy he's here like i I really am he looks like he's got some juice but he returned a punt that landed at like the one and he returned a punt that landed three yards deep in the end zone i mean i think you gotta let those bounce man and i think i think you gotta just like take the touchbacks here now they didn't cost the bears much in field field position maybe a couple yards and then there was that kick that he just didn't see coming off the foot or something because he had a late late break to it he let it bounce um and and that that ball was i mean that's a live ball and a kick so like you can't let the, you can't let a kick bounce uh in, yeah. in in when it's when it's kicked uh with distance you know if it's squibbed it's squibbed but that's a live ball so that was that was another mistake now i, I think he's going to be really good and I and I like that he wants to be aggressive, but there's a limit to my excitement about aggression <laughs> in, in a punt returner. Yeah. And if it's in the end zone, I just want it coming out to the 20. For me, I look at him. He's a guy that has obviously has a lot of confidence in himself. Right. But there's got to be a rule. And I'm not sure if the rule was translated to him since he came here from – he was just here from the Miami week ago. But 
those end zone punts in the end zone, punt on the one yard line. You know, I, I, like if he wants to field it, like around the five or six yard line, something like that, because it's a, it, it yeah. could be a, a heels a weird, on the five bounce. goes over your head. I mean, that, that's that's good. I've heard other guys, you know, they, they go to the 10 and they don't want to go back past the 10. But when you got a guy like him, he does have five return touchdowns in his career. So he has the juice. He can get it done. But at some point, you got to realize it's, it's a field position game for the most part. You know, let's let those go into the end zone and we'll take it at the 20. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll mention my other one uh, after you, just in case you you say that that person, but I, I do did want to mention a second person, a second cold. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the backup uh, defensive lineman, um, Mario Edwards Jr. Okay. He, he only had one tackle, 21 snaps, which, Hey, he's a backup lineman. It's okay. But he had two unnecessary roughness penalties. And, and the first one, you kind of saw him on the sideline, you know, saying, Oh, I'm sorry. He was, you know, he was, he was doing the, 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 the Mia culpa thing over there. Then he does it again later in the game, and it's like, come on, guy. You know, this you can't be giving yards away in close games like this. That was just again one time. Damn it, I made a mistake. Do it again in the same game. That's just a dumbass move. That was the other guy I wanted to mention. I figured maybe you had, I didn't want to steal yeah. your 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 guy there, but I just wanted to make sure we mentioned it because I, I can't stand it's undisciplined football yeah. and there's really no need for it. You can, you can walk away. The second one was terrible. Twice. The yeah. second one was terrible. It was the whistle blue it was way after the whistle. The first one, the first one was bad, but the second one was like, what are you doing? You know, plays over. Yeah. it. You know, I think that if you, I watch other teams and there's a lot of other teams that are just so disciplined and you don't see those kinds of dumb penalties. You know, you don't see the, procedure penalties on offense right and so when you see it on your team and you see other teams that are bad at it right like I mean, it's not like the bears are the only teams that they get penalized for that but it's like those those are those are self-enforced uh self-inflicted wounds like just don't do that and the i've always said the bears aren't good enough to <laughs> overcome dumb penalties and to overcome the referees right like you know you need a fair game called and you need to like play it clean and so you know if edwards is going to keep doing that he's a guy i like um, you know, I, I hope that he cleans that up and that's just the last of it because we, we can't afford to see that going forward. So my just right bear this week is Roquan Smith. Just another 10 tackles, you know, just another day just at the game. office yeah. on around the ball the whole time that that defensive pass interference. I don't buy it. Like I, 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 I don't think Moreau came back to the ball and to, to get enough contact for me. He should get his head around. But he he was right there, face guard. The ball literally hit off of his helmet. I think he thought that Moreau like pounded him in the helmet or something because he yeah. kept like like yeah. hey, he hit my helmet. He hit my helmet. He's like, no, that was the football. Um, but here's here's Roquan so far tackles by week 11, 9, 10, 10, 10. And maybe the biggest stat, he's played every snap on defense through five games. Yeah, he is definitely living up to the what a lot of Bears fans think he's a future All Pro, and and he's 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 there. I mean, he had a he had a, another penalty. It was a, a kind of iffy too. That in the end zone, he had the uh, the another unnecessary roughness penalty. And again, that one is like, you know, what are you going to do? There's like some some of the stuff on defense they call is just like it's such a bang bang play. There was no vicious intent. He wasn't head hunting. It was just you know he hit him hard and he hit him hard, but. You know, he didn't hit him in the head. It's like, I didn't understand that flag. It's especially when, when the flags come out so late. It's like, if the ref has to really think about it, you probably should keep the flag in your pocket. So I don't, that's just me. 
Yeah, I don't know if you saw the game last night, but like Travis Kelsey like pulled the defender like he couldn't catch yeah. the ball, and so he pulled the defender on him and like drew up uh, <laughs> a pass interference penalty. And I just I'm just thinking about all of the bad calls across the league and like every game that I that I see, and it just seems to be getting worse every year. And and I just I didn't under I don't understand some of these calls. I, I understand you're doing a lot of this to protect players, but some of these are they're just they, they don't make any sense. And so when they have a 15 yard penalty associated with them, there needs to be something you know, or some reviewable piece to this, but I didn't like the DPI. That was, that was what bothered me the most because I, I thought that was pretty good coverage. And if Moreau would have stopped and like tried to come back for the ball, I might've cared a little yeah. bit more, but it was just good coverage. And you're, so you're rewarding a bad throw into, into tight coverage with a penalty. And I think that that's counter to what, you know, competitive balance should be right. Like you shouldn't be, penalizing the bears because Roquan had good coverage on the player and Derek Carr made a poor decision to throw to a well-covered receiver and then made a poor throw. I mean, if he would have put it over his head, Ro could have just reached up and caught it, but he threw a bad ball. But because of those things, you reward the offense just like he would have completed it. That to me doesn't make any sense. And so I, I feel like they need to kind of go back and think about how they're enforcing some of these rules to make it, um, you know, align with, competitive balance and, and what what the skill level is on the field so just my little soapbox there with dpi i agree, I agree. what about you for me my just right i'm going to go left tackle jason peters you know he was solid in the run game when i went, went back and watched it you know he did give up a sack you know i haven't really broke down the the, the sack entirely uh it's possible when i actually you know get into it it may be on justin fields for drifting a little too far back but but on the initial watch and then the rewatch it looked like he may have given up a sack but but He's 39 years old. We know who he is. This is who he is. You know, the, the quick edge rushers are going to get him sometimes. You know, that's just what's going to happen. But if he plays, for the most part, good in pass pro, real good in a run game, that's what Bears fans want out of that left tackle spot right now. He's not Charles Leno. You know, that's, you know, that, 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 that ship has sailed. You know, so there were a lot of ifs and buts that could have happened to this spot. And having Jason Peters come in at this, at the point when he did, he has solidified that, that position. So, you know, for me, that, that's big for this team. And then who knows? I mean, he may, you know, lose his job at some point if Jenkins or Borum come back. I, I don't see it happening. You know, it's one of those things where unless you have to make a change on the O-line, don't make a change on the O-line. You know, if Jenkins comes back and he's re he's raring to go, then you know what? Then he may, maybe he takes over the Alex Barr's role as that as an extra guy because unless you have a problem at that O-line, don't change those five guys up. Let those five guys have the year. Unless there's something really, really drastic where there's an issue with Peters, don't make a change. So Peters is just right. He's playing pretty good football. Yeah, I mean, the, Tevin Jenkins had back surgery. Maybe we let yeah. him just, you know, figure yeah. that out and get Take a year removed from that. Yeah. <laughs> not for, I'm not trying to bring Tevin Jenkins back, in my opinion. <laughs> but before we get out of here, I want to just – maybe we just have a little uh, fields report, you know, sort of at the back. Just something we – just off the cuff. I didn't mention this before, but I maybe we kind of just talk about – one or two things about Justin Fields as we see his development throughout, you know, these games, because again, as a rookie quarterback, he's going to make mistakes, but something that we, we noticed or something that we appreciated um, in the game one, I would maybe say retire the spin move. Maybe that's not something that we need to see again because he spun right into uh, a, a direct hit on the ribs. And then on the good side, like I, I really liked that touchdown throw where he, you know, he kind of hung in there and then he, 
he took advantage of the guy with the, the you know he didn't throw it at the guy's helmet he he threw it to the horsestead right like yeah. so he made a good throw to 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 get the put the ball on horsestead but he saw that the defender's back was to him and he zipped it right in there and uh you know the defender was kind of looking around like wait what how where'd the ball come from and and i just i really like that it it seemed like a really smart throw and and a safe throw given the tight quarters of the of the red zone there um and um i just really appreciate it i I can't remember the last time i saw a throw like that (laughs) you know from a from a quarterback for the bears you know that's that's a throw that we see like you said other quarterbacks make Right. Smart quarterbacks make they they know that defender's not looking, so if I throw it here, only my guy will have a chance to react to it. That's, I mean, when's the last time we saw a bear quarterback do that? Maybe Jay Cutler out every now and again would do something like that because he had the cannon to do it. But but was it was it him being smart or him thinking my arm's so great I can in. make this throw? So so who knows? But with Justin Fields, I could divide like, you know, he's just smart. Like he he's a very cerebral player out in the field, and and he makes that throw because he knows. That guy's not looking. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And, and then of course at the end of it, he has the, you know, it's on his knees with the, you know, doing this thing. You know, the, the gifts all over Twitter. So it's, it's nice. nice I've already see. used it like six times. So. I saw that. You know, yeah. like, like, like for me, the play I really liked, I was really impressed with. Uh, it came in the, in the fourth quarter that Darty threw to Darnell Mooney on yeah. third and I think twelve. 12? What it was. Yeah. And I, I, when the game ended, Matt Nagy actually said that that's a play that they had, uh, they had worked on in practice for a situation. They're waiting, you know, for that specific that that that, that, that specific route combination, and when they got in that situation, they thought it was a good time to bring it out. And you know, Justin Fields went through his progressions. He knew what he had to do. He threw the ball, and again, only a place his guy could get it between coverage, low and away. It was right there. It was just beautiful. Then, of course, he throws the next very next play, uh, like a a dart to to Cole Komet. So, you know, his he made big plays. He didn't have good stats. But there were some plays where you made where you're like, yeah, that's that's the flash I want to see out of the rookie quarterback. You know, he's putting the ball in guys where his guys can run with it. I think A. Rob Mooney had stuff on the sidelines where they had they caught it in stride and they were still moving. I'm like, wow, yeah, that, that's a new concept for Bears Bears receivers. That was nice to see. So you know, I'm still waiting to see some of those those crossers and those pick those those, those rub routes to get like guys like like Bird and, and and Goodwin the ball and let their speed take over. So. I hope that's coming at some point in this offense because that's a staple of what they want to do. So it's fun. It's just fun watching him grow as a quarterback. Absolutely. That ball down the sideline, that Goodwin caught, but it was out. He was out of bounds because the, the yeah. corner kind of took him out. And Goodwin probably needs to, you know, keep his position. That's twice. Better that's twice with Goodwin where he kind of caught one, made a great catch, but it was just out of bounds. Yeah. You know, he probably needs to be a little stronger in that route. But yeah. I, you know, it was a it was a good throw. Put it on him and you know, he gave him a chance. And and you know, he, again he came down with it. He just he had his feet out of bounds. But yeah, there, there's throws like that. That the one to Robinson where he gave him some room around the sideline, got yep. a first down. Um, more and more of those are going to happen. You know, I mean, there's, there's some stuff he obviously needs to speed up, but I I'm, I'm enjoying watching this. Like he's, he's got such a fun set of skills for us to enjoy as bears fans. So, um, I think we should just kind of keep this, you know, little appreciation segment or, you know, something we think maybe we can improve a little bit if, if we pick that up too. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I felt that shot in the ribs myself i feel you know i was like oh god that looked like it hurt but garbage can on the sideline in case he was getting nauseous it was like oh my god and then of course the knee he he, that's just you know he's a tough kid you know what coach Nagy said he's a tough son of a buck you know i I never heard that phrase before so that was kind of uh you know just 
kind of signifies that the, the toughness he has. And we, we saw it on his college film too. So it was nice to see him, you know, we talk about those signature moments. This is a moment that bears fans will look back on and say, man, that was the week that Justin Fields really showed what a, what a tough guy he was because he took some, some, some big shots. Absolutely. So um, let's, let's get out of here, but just kind of talk about what's going on. So obviously listen later this week, when we come back for the preview show, it's Packers week. Packers week. We got that going on. Uh, But bears over beers will be coming to you on Friday, Friday night. You'll have T formation conversation with a little injury wrap up and a little, you know, nuggets from Lester as well. There's other great shows uh, throughout the week in between. So make sure that you're getting your information from the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel. We're putting these up on YouTube. There's a few people here now, and we're getting people to subscribe. Really appreciate that. That helps us out a lot. Um, so continue to subscribe. And uh, there's articles. I, you know, I've got my 10 thoughts on the NFL. That's up. I, I have, 10th thought is always Justin Fields. I reserve right, the 10th thought to, for Justin Fields. Uh, so if nothing else, just come and read that one. But, you know, there's other teams that play in this league, too. So I have some thoughts on them. And I'm working on a little uh, visualization of the Bears Packers history, which is um, starting to irritate me as I get closer <laughs> to modern day. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you? Uh, Sackwatch coming up. I'll start working on that probably tomorrow night. And, you know, we'll do the the power ranking roundup. It'll be interesting to see what the national perspective is in the Bears now they have two in a row. They beat the Raiders on the road, and a game like I said, no one picked. You know, all these guys that are that are writing these these power ranking articles, they all picked the Bears to lose. They all kind of trashed them last week after beating the Lions. So I'm curious to see, you know, what has changed in in, in their thought process, and you know, what's going to be the new excuse to bash the Bears this week. I'm sure they were distracted with the Gruden thing. Uh, uh, that's probably, the only reason, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, a real test coming up here for sure. The Packers are no joke. You know, even if they probably shouldn't be four and one, they are. And um, this this game is for first place in the NFC North. If the Bears do win this game, they will be uh, four and two, as would the Packers, and they would have the first game tiebreaker over them. So, the Bears could be in first place if they wow. are able to pull off a win here. So, uh, a lot of fun stuff coming at you. So make sure you're tuning in. Um, thank you for tuning in to this show, and we will let you go. But make sure that you enjoy this win, if nothing else, and bear down. Hi.